Hello and welcome to Ship It, Shout It, your podcast about product management and product marketing. Today, as always, we have Daniel Thomason representing product management and me, Lena Höck, presenting product marketing. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about a Berlin company. It's a fitness or sports company. And I'll hand over to Daniel to tell you a bit more. Thanks, Lena. So today's Victor, um, case study uh, <laughs> is uh, Beat81. So the artist formerly known as Gritspot, uh, if you knew them a couple of years ago and stopped following them since then. They have only been around a few years. They were founded in 2017 and they're a local hero here in Berlin. Although I think they're also in a sort of two or three other cities, right? I think actually more than two or three other oh, cities. Really? They are in a fair few cities in Germany and I'm pretty sure they've made it over to London as well. Barcelona? And I think I Barcelona as well. And there might be more cities. I'm not sure. But yeah, definitely in Germany, I think they are in more like five or six cities. I know there's at least Hamburg anyway. There's Köln as well, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't know. Anybody want to tell us about it? Yeah, yeah. You get you guys get in touch. Anyway, um, they started here, and I think they're biggest here. Uh, mm -hmm. But they have obviously expanded a fair bit. Uh, their motto is "Sweat Smarter Together," and sort of that kind of leads into the little explanatory uh, subphrase saying they merge the best of mobile hit. That's that's H I I T, uh, high intensity interval training, mm -hmm. uh, live heart rate monitoring, and expert coaching and support. So. Their concept is lots of locations around the city um, with kind of this heart rate sensor technology, expert coaches, and then equipment that kind of comes to you type, type thing. Yeah. And every session looks kind of similar. Like I know there are a few different types of sessions, but each session is 45 minutes long. Mm -hmm. um, there's always a warm up and a cool down. And then in the middle sort of 25 minutes or so of the session, you do the bulk exercise bit exactly um and yeah it's it's usually some so it's usually like station training yeah exactly that's um, like the interval sort of training so you do like yeah. 20 seconds or 40 seconds or whatever of one one station go on to the next one and yeah. then do three or four rounds of that kind of thing and i think another standout thing is that usually you will work together with a partner mm -hmm. or at least be in a group and you'll all be doing the same exercise kind of together. And often there's kind of like a, you know, push up and then a clap or something like some sort of bringing people together thing. Yeah, at least in one station, there's kind of some reason to have. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not just a you happen to be sitting next to each other doing, <laughs> uh, doing the same exercise. Although there's plenty of that, there is actually some sort of feel like you're in it together kind of yeah. thing. So the together actually, I think, is an important phrase or important word in yeah. that phrase. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you're right. It is very, very kind of standardized. Uh, you really know it's going to be 45 minutes long and basically you know exactly what you're in for. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of a general description of what they offer. Um, they're, they're, they're sort of, it's evolved a little bit over time, but broadly it's kind of stayed like that, at least for the few years that mm -hmm. Lena and I have been following them. Uh, we're actually customers of theirs, uh, full disclosure. We are not beneficiaries apart from being slightly fitter as a result, <laughs> uh, but just... I think much fitter. Much, well, actually, you're probably <laughs> right, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. no financial benefit. No. And the way we found them, at least, was through something called Urban Sports Club, which is also a Berlin company mm. and basically... What it does is it lets you participate in a whole bunch of different activities without having to be a member of either one of them. So what that looks like is, for example, on Urban Sports Club, 
um, it's an app and you can choose to go to a fitness studio, for example, or choose to go to a sauna or choose to go to a dancing class or a swimming pool. And your membership with Urban Sports Club will allow you to do that so many times per month. It's kind of like a meta meta subscription service. So you, you have just one single subscription yeah. to this service and that allows you to access other uh, services that you would otherwise have to subscribe yeah. to individually. I think it's probably relatively similar to ClassPass, and yeah. I know that's bigger in other countries. So that's a fairly good comparison if you if you are still not quite sure what Urban Sports Club is. But so we discovered it through that, and I really do feel like most people, a lot of people that are doing Beat Eighty One, are doing it through Urban Sports Club. So it seems like that's been like quite a good partnership for them. Yeah, very much. Cool. Do you want to tell us a bit more about your PM thoughts on the company? Sure thing. Yeah. So as per usual, I think um, the best place to start is uh, the idea of what is the job to be done. Um, And if you've been listening to this uh, podcast and wondering where this idea came from, uh, it originated with a guy called Clayton Christensen. More on him in in later episodes, uh, but sort of he, he kicked it off almost two decades ago now, actually. And it's kind of gained momentum since then. But um, that's th- that's where the sort of origination of this question, it didn't spring fully formed out of my head, I'm afraid. Mm. So, yeah, so what what job is Beat81 doing for its, its customers? So on the surface, it would be tempting to say it's providing an efficient and effective exercise program, which I think is, is like sort of trivially true. Mm-hmm. But it's worth digging a little below the surface to ask, okay, that's the that's that's kind of the form that the the job takes, but that's not really what people are hiring it to do. Like that's that's not the one. Right. I don't exercise for exercise's sake. Exactly. No, that's that's not sort of it doesn't end there. The the, the question like you then need to ask, okay, why do people hire an efficient and an effective exercise program? Yeah. Um and for me, and correct me if you have any more of these listeners, but I really think that people exercise for only one, for, for three reasons. And you might have, have multiple of these reasons or just one of them, but really you exercise because you want to look good, because you want to feel good. Uh, and I think to some extent you want to, ex- you exercise because you want to have fun. Like a lot of exercises, particularly kind of team sports yeah. are not necessarily done for the purpose of being healthy per se, but because I really enjoy doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah. you can think of something like bowling or golf is a sort of good example of, it's not, it's a sport and it's not <laughs> really keeping you fit. It's much more of a fun thing. Um, yeah. It's something you do it together with people, I guess. Again, exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 So, so I think those are the three reasons that an exercise program is being hired to do a job per se. And so like applying this to beat 81, I kind of enjoy it um, and I know other people who also do. I know you did um, yeah. as well, uh, but it's pretty intense. And as we sort of alluded to earlier, it's quite repetitive. It's, mm-hmm. it's not like a soccer game or any sort of competitive sport where it's going to be infinitely variable. Every time you're playing someone new, the game's going to go different ways. There might be new exercises, but really part of the intended package actually is the fact that it is predictable. It is 45 minutes. It's going to be four sets of seven exercises. Like, you know what's coming. Mm. And this is good, but I think this means that really the have fun part is not really the intended use case. I mostly agree. Okay. But this comment just made me think back to our favorite trainer, Aris. Um, Shout out to Aris if he's listening. (laughs) And what he did was... So we went to quite a lot of his sessions yeah. because he's our favorite trainer. We were, we were fanboys and girls. Yeah. Yep. 
and he always played the same music. And now I I really think that if that song came on now, you know the first song that did did it it yeah, I would start doing jumping jacks right now <laughs> i think condition oh, to jumping jacks because he'd also do the, the same he'd also do the same warm-up yeah. to that music yeah, right yeah, so yeah yeah, yeah true. and it was always the same playlist and the songs to me started to indicate how far through the session i was and there'd be a song coming on and you know when you're like one of your favorite like it was totally not my kind of music really it was so more much. like rap kind of intense gangster, like, gangster yeah. or like hip-hop clan kind of, kind of yeah, that yeah. that kind of style which i don't usually listen to but i have other songs uh, where i get that sort of like feeling of happiness when they come on because <laughs> i'm like i love this song and it like his session did that to me like it you know some songs would come on and i'd be like yeah <laughs> that song it's that song um, we're three quarters through and i would never listen to yeah yeah but i mean i'm not really sure what i'm trying to say but what i'm saying is that I guess in a way the repetitiveness was kind of good in that it got you in the zone maybe. Yeah, I feel yeah. So like I think the again it's back to this idea of the predictability of the sessions and our estate took it to quite an extreme yeah. of really it was the same playlist, same warm up. He would even like if same cool down to, as same well. Cool down. I mean, even if you went to the same style session two weeks in a row, there would be very little variation. Mm-hmm. It would be basically the same thing. He'd picked his nine exercises. Those were the ones. He actually built on exercises too, which I found really cool. Oh, but true. maybe this is going a bit too far. Maybe, maybe. We'll do a, we'll do a separate fa- Aris we'll fan, an, fanboy an, episode. Yeah. Aris is a product. Different pod- <laughs> podcast. But I don't think that's necessarily fun per se. I think it's just contributing to the sort of efficiency of it. Like it's really... Okay, yeah. Yeah. So it did make the sessions, I think, sort of more easy to immerse yourself in. Um, and so I agree, but it still wasn't, I really wouldn't pick Beat 81 as my kind of fun activity necessarily, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, anyway, but I, I think it was a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the job to be done for Beat 81 is helping people look and feel good and an important kicker, making it easy. Mm-hmm. Because so there's lots of things that can make people like make you look and feel good. In fact, there's lots of components of this. But um, Beat 81, the implicit promise is that they take the hard work out of it. Um, like, I mean, obviously you're sweating and you're working hard mm-hmm. during the session, but they're taking the necessity to think about what yeah. do I need to do? How do I need to do it? Where do I need to go? All this sort of stuff away from you. So, yeah, so that kind of leads me into, so what what is the product? Like when you boil down to it to fulfill this job of helping people look and feel good as like easily, um, what is required to fulfill that promise? Uh, and so I think you can kind of boil away everything else from what Beat81 offers down to the concept or the the sort of service of a structured coached group exercise class Mm -hmm. the structure is important because it's like again it it takes the effort off you from having to think okay what exercises should i do um and also having to sort of wonder oh what's coming up yeah and the structure i guess also brings the efficiency i would say yeah exactly um the coach is important because again it sort of it it offloads onto an expert the choice of what to do and how to do it and and provides you with that support and so you know 
someone's going to tell me if I'm doing this wrong. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that it's in a group, I think, is also important because that's that's part of the kind of unique selling proposition, really, of you could do exactly what they do with a one-on-one on, one on one with a personal trainer at a gym, mm-hmm. for example, but you can't do that in a, in a group. Okay. And maybe maybe I need to add on the structured classes in a location near you. Maybe that's a sort mm-hmm. of core part of their yeah. USP. Yeah. Um, because because again, without that, you could really do a, do what they do at a gym, and there are gyms that offer classes exactly like this. Yes. But they come to they are at parks all around the city. They are yeah. at indoor locations all around the city. There's really and and you can with this one membership go to all of these. Whereas with your gym yeah. membership, you're stuck at a much more limited number of locations. I guess. Yeah, and I also run those classes at more times than another gym would I think so it it's also about the convenience not not just in terms of location but also in terms of time I feel like true true yeah so yeah okay I'll I'll, I'll add that on mm-hmm. but then so on the flip side I think things like the equipment um, like the kettlebells and the weights and all that yep. sort of stuff the heart rate sensors and like the facilities even so bathrooms mm-hmm. change rooms that sort of thing I think these are all actually add-ons to the product. Like definitely they can make the product more appealing, mm-hmm. but they're not the core offering. You could strip all of these away and they would still be fulfilling or delivering on this job to be done of helping people look and feel good with structured coached group exercise classes in locations all around the city. Yeah. Um, and I think the evidence I have for this is um, in summer, there's a whole bunch of outdoor locations. Obviously, there's no facilities there and there's no there's no change rooms or toilets even nearby, yep. uh, but they're super popular. Most of those own, like rely primarily on bodyweight exercises, just push-ups, yep. just squats, just sit-ups, that sort of thing. Don't have much equipment. And yeah, they're still quite popular. Yeah. Um, plus with the heart rate sensors, I don't know. I don't see people checking the screens that show you your current heart rate that often. It's meant to be a whole kind of focus for the for the the company. Like it's like a the, the whole idea of the name. We should have said this earlier, I guess. Um, ah. <laughs> is that <laughs> you're, you're tracking your heart rate and the optimal training zone is once you are past eighty percent of your maximum heart rate. Yeah, that's where you are burning the most calories. That's where you're in the kind of uh, I don't know what they call it, but basically the zone. Yeah. Um. And that's like, so I can understand that there is exercise science behind that, but people don't seem to care that much. And like, even I, I'm a big, I love numbers dancing. I love seeing achievements, but. Danny wants to track everything. I want to track everything, but it's, it's often hard to see the screen. And I know when I'm working hard because I'm breathing heavily and I'm sweating like a pig. Like Mm -hmm. the screen is just kind of at best a confirmation of this. To be fair, I think I sometimes do look at it and then they have different gradients of what you can be in. So when from. 81% 81% of your heart rate, you're in this like kind of light red like pink, yeah. um, area. And from 91, you're in this dark red. That's right. And sometimes I see, um, I watch my little bit of the screen and I'm in the light red and I'm at like 89 and there are 10 seconds to go in this exercise. And then I try to push myself into 91. Okay. And I'm not sure how much that would actually do, huh? but I I do find myself looking at it sometimes. Well, so it's clearly not useless, but I think this also feeds into my idea that it's an add-on to the product. Like if it weren't there, yeah. you'd still get perfectly much uh, value out of this. I I think very true. And also I think the same, I would do the same thing if the trainer came around and been like, last 10 seconds, push through or something like that. I'd, right. I'd also be like, okay, cool. Let's go hard on this. Exactly. It's just sort of an external trigger to, yeah. to keep going really. But yeah, good point. A fair, a fair mm-hmm. thing. 
Um, yeah, so that's my analysis. So that like that that's what I feel like the product is and what job it's fulfilling. Tell us about how the company's sort of positioned itself versus other offerings in the market. Yeah, sure. I've written down their four key differentiators mm. and they talk on about those on their website and all that. And it kind of goes into the same direction of what you've already been speaking about. So the four differentiators are efficiency, technology, analytics, and community. So in terms of efficiency, you know, the 45-minute workouts, also the promise that you will burn a lot of calories. So they, they are saying in their advertising material, you will burn on average 600 calories. That's quite a lot in 45 minutes. I don't have a good baseline to compare to. Like how much would you burn walking for 45 minutes? How many? I'm hours? not sure, but so I was at the gym this morning and I was on a cross trainer. Um, for 25 minutes and it told me that I burned about 200 calories. Whoa, okay. So three times as many, goodness. So this thinks if you are... It depends on how, how um, heavy you are, I guess, because you're carrying yeah. more weight. But like in 60 minutes of walking, you'd burn about 250 calories apparently-ish. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, looking at the... So less than half. yeah. Okay. Looking at the calories that I burned at mm -hmm. um, Beat 81, I don't think I got up to 600, but I'm a relatively light female as well. So it was usually, mine were usually more between 450 and maybe 530 or something like that. Yeah, I, let me, let me quickly, okay. I burned 701 apparently. Wow. Although that's, so that's a combination of like 539 during the workout. And then Plus there's after this, burn. this afterburn mm -hmm. idea, um, which I guess is fair because I like part of the concept is that if you go into that training zone, you will continue to burn calories at a faster rate. Correct. Right? And that's the last bit of the efficiency that I was going to talk, right. talk about. So they're talking about unlocking post-workout uh. calorie afterburn. And <sighs> basically it is, it means... For every one minute you've spent in those like over eighty one percent, you will like your afterburn will increase or something like something like that. So yeah, that's the efficiency. Then we've got the technology. So you already talked about the heart rate monitors. That's the technology part in it. Mm -hmm. It allows you to live track your performance on screen. In theory, um, sometimes it can be quite hard. You're doing an exercise, you might not want to turn your head or something. But yes, in theory, you will always see how you're performing at the time. And one good thing, and one thing actually that I did look at always usually was my recovery rate. Mm. So between exercises, how quickly could I get back down to below that 80%? Which leads you into your next point, right? Like Correct, analytics. <laughs> So yeah, so you not only do you see your results or, or your performance throughout the workout, you then after the session get an email with your training results. So basically just the, the, the heart rate graph plus I think the calories you burned. I think that's all the information you get as far as I know. Yeah, I think so. But that's kind of cool because it does allow you to track your progress a little bit. So, you know, you can see, oh, cool, like I'm now starting to be able to push myself more or I'm recovering faster, that kind of stuff. So you sort of have a record over time. Although, yeah, so actually on an interesting point on that of they don't try to go any further than that. It's no. very like you can see all your past results in that format. But you have to put it together yourself. Exactly. And, yeah. and sort of it's not in a very easy, they don't allow you to access the data. That that attempt to give you the analytics is at a very very, it's very basic level. Yeah, I would it's say. pretty rudimentary at the moment, and it can definitely be built on. I think, and it would be really useful because if you do call out analytics as one of your key differentiators, yeah, 
I agree. I think there should be a little bit more done with it. And I don't think it would be too difficult to offer some sort of, I don't know, data download even. Yeah, or, even, you know. even just providing it to, to yeah, to I can I can do my own Excel spreadsheet. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, actually, there's probably a case for if someone wants to build a little add-on um, that just scrapes the data from your results screen and uh, puts it in a CSV. Maybe that's a little side project, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, and then the last one. Last one, community. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, it's a group workouts thing. They do interesting call out, interestingly call out two hashtags on their website. First one is hashtag just beat it, and second one is hashtag fam eighty one. Yeah, I I'm I'm not wild about. I'm it. gonna talk about that that one a little bit later, but okay. basically they are trying to commu- to to create this community both during the exercise time and then also kind of after in terms of this online community. But let's let's talk about that a little bit later because I have some thoughts on that as well. And then, so those are the four key differentiators that they point out. And I was actually thinking I would add a fifth one to this. And that is classes are in English. Mm, so which, we are in Germany. Yeah. And actually it's true. Like I don't, uh, just on Urban Sports Club, I don't see that many of these type of classes specifically advertised in English. No. Um, whereas these default to English. I've never been at a German Beat 80, German speaking B81 class. Yeah, we have once with oh, um, Beatrice. Um, she was like, oh, everyone yes. speaks German here, right? And then we switched. Ah, uh, yes. But it's, yeah, it's default is English. And I feel like there are a lot of English speakers in those classes. And I feel like that's kind of a core selling point for them. Like this class will be in English. I will not feel like an idiot. Yeah, true. I won't. I won't be. Uh, I won't be doing squats when I'm supposed to be doing a plank <laughs> yeah. or what have you. Yeah. Um, quickly on those differentiators, it just yeah. struck me that this is a really. This speaks to an, a really interesting product management point, which is the whole idea of sell benefits, not features. And yeah. they're like, I would say two of the two of the things that they're selling are benefits, and two are features. Mm-hmm. Efficiency clearly a benefit. Yeah. Um, and community, I'll buy that as a benefit. Um, yeah. But technology and analytics are both features. Yeah. Th- these are not intrinsically valuable things, particularly technology. This is like every tech company loves selling how up to date they are and how they're using the latest tech. Users don't care. Users do yes. not care if you have machine learning or blockchain or heart rate monitors or what have you. They care that it gives them something they want. I yeah, I've been thinking about this for Beat Eighty One as well, and I. Because it's, I think it calls itself like a sports tech company or something like huh, that. Yeah. And to me, I was thinking, okay, this is kind of just jumping on a trend without really needing to and making it confused. Like you're a sports company. Yeah. Sure, you have a you have a website where you can book classes, but my gym has a website too. I don't think it would call itself a tech company. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think it's just kind of. I don't know why. Like it might just be like a attract funding kind of thing. Like we have tech in the name. Probably. Yeah. So I I did think about that too a little bit when I read sports tech company. I was like, nah, yeah, okay. Well, I think you could li- like they sort of are, but I think they haven't made. They've neither made the most of it as we were speaking earlier with yeah. the analytics. It's very rudimentary. But also, I think here in their differentiators, they're not selling it very well. Of like really the fact that like technology and analytics don't say anything to me. I would phrase it something like more. Well, you you can speak to this. Maybe you're the you're the uh, marketing expert, but I would phrase it something like more track and optimize your progress or something. Yeah, like uh, that's this. what I was thinking. Progress as well. Something something along the the lines of um, 
see yeah. how much you're improving kind yeah. of that sort of thing like because yeah. that's visibility what I, exactly into, yeah, yeah yeah something like that so i think that's one of the mm-hmm. i mean just to spoil like we can we can do a bit of an advanced <laughs> call out to some of the recommendations that's what one thing yeah. i'd recommend agreed and i think also um technology and analytics kind of goes together into one in that sense yeah i think so um you don't need to call them out separately because they kind of are the same thing well the tech kind of enables the analytics yeah. like it's not that there's no tech per se yeah. really here yeah. so yeah, yeah. okay Cool. Yes. So I think that brings me to talking about buyer personas. Yeah. Who who is who are the beat eighty oneers or beaters eighty one? I don't know. I don't know. I call them beat eighty oneers, but I'm not sure if that's the official term. Let's see what like if someone from the company could tell us what the official (laughs) um, terminology is. Anyway, sorry. So in terms of buyer personas, I thought about it from two sides. So from the key differentiators, what would they suggest the buyer persona? would look like mm. and then also from my personal experience of going to sessions in berlin only so that it might look different in other places but i'm going to talk from my experience there interesting so theory versus reality yeah okay hit us looking at the key differentiators we have someone who is time poor so they want the whole efficiency thing we have someone who like daniel loves tracking <laughs> stuff tracking their own exercise um monitoring their improvement yeah that that kind of person and then also working out with others so that's the community thing um maybe someone who doesn't quite enjoy going for a lonely run or a lonely session at the fitness studio because um they like to be with other people Mm. this uh this tracking people i think it's like there's a whole sort of movement known as like quantified self kind of thing Mm -hmm. and so i think it's sort of tapping into that it's the ones wearing the sleep trackers and the the fitbits like the fitbits and that sort of thing so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, sure. Okay, so that's what's implied from the website. That's what's implied from the website, exactly. Um, from my experience, uh, the first thing I wrote down is expats. Mm, so yeah. that goes back to the English language thing. And I think that's that's a huge one. Like mm. really, really, there are a lot of English speakers who are going to these classes. Or like non-German speakers, more specifically. Like, so oh, you're, sure, you're yeah. from a bunch you're of right. places and have, I mean, Berlin is a weird city for that really of like, it's basically peopled by expats in, in our experience. Yes. Um, yes, I feel like it's a huge thing that those sessions are in English. So that's why expats are attracted by those sessions. Mm. Um, then I feel like the time poor is still true. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly us, I think. Definitely like, for us. It's great getting it all done in 45 minutes. Um, and then the afterburn, I can I can go and eat that chocolate <laughs> cake knowing that Beat 81's yes. got it covered. Yeah. <laughs> and then also the effective workout um, and just want, to, just want to work out, not think about how to structure your own workout, just follow instructions basically, which almost to me goes with the time poor really. You don't have time or you don't want to think about your workout. Yeah. I think for us, the community thing is also a thing and it, it's almost I saw, I saw it a bit like a commitment mechanism mm. to it as well mm-hmm. because um so we or a friend of us actually has started this whatsapp group as well where people you know are posting who's in for the 7 30 a.m session tomorrow and then other people are like yes i am and um yeah it, it acts as a commitment mechanism i feel like to yeah really pull through with those especially early morning classes <laughs> And then the last one is women. Huh. Women, you know, women go, I, I feel like I've been in a few sessions where it was only women 
And a lot of the sessions, if it's 20 people, you will have 15 women and five men. Yeah, I think I, I sort of started to count at one stage and I think the average the average proportion was like 70% women at, yeah. at a lot of the classes. Um, and so yeah. this was interesting to me because when I think of high-intensity exercises, <laughs> I think of men. Yeah, it's like that's kind of sweaty, grunty, yeah. kind of yeah. like... Um, hardcore push through push yes. through yeah Tough exactly exercises. flip the tractor tires <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. and so what do you think it, it is about beat 81 that appeals to women i i really i really don't know i um is it the fact that it is it's not at all like that and it's actually much more of a supportive quite like gentle atmosphere yes i think that's what kept me going mm. but I also remember I was quite nervous before my first one you were because you had to so Daniel started going to these exercise sessions before I did and he would come back like destroyed and sweaty and like <laughs> walking slowly up the stairs and be like ugh. I can't walk anymore. So, you know, I was scared. You're painting a very, you're painting a very <laughs> picture of me and of the classes. Um, I was scared of those sessions. Yeah, Let's I just say you. that. And yeah, then yeah. when I went for the first time, though, I realized like, oh, that's, that, this is fine. Like, yes, it's really tough, but it's fine. And also there are a lot of other women there because I pictured, yeah, all these like sweaty men. Yeah. And that's really not like it. So I feel like there needs to be something. So one, if you go once, you will realize that. But you need to have gone once to have realized that. So what's the first, like, why do so, you know, is it word of mouth that there are so many women and we're like, no, it's actually great. But that also or, kicks the can just one, down, one yeah, step down the road. Yeah, like, it does. How true. does the first one go? It also is an interesting path dependency problem of you, you noticed there were lots of women and that's what kept you coming back. And so you contributed to the yeah, like higher true. dose of women. But that unravels very fast, like, because... Um, I'm not put off the, by the fact that there are 70% women, but you m would possibly be put off if the, if it were the other way around. Possibly, yes. I mean, I'm not saying that it was only the women who kept me going, sure. but it was definitely a part of it. It's sort of, it's more like an kept, it kept me at ease kind of part rather than a definite bonus, I guess. Yeah, but it would be interesting. I guess it's sort of a, um, it's a one directional thing of like having a lot of women there is appealing to women and doesn't really deter men i assume yeah um the opposite is not true and so i guess that's possibly an angle that beat 81 should, should, yeah. should be aware of of really make sure you stay appealing to women because you yeah. can lose that market a lot quicker than you lose the male market yeah so. and i feel like that leads us nicely to the recommendations yeah okay well, because so i did actually write a recommendation oh spoilers exactly that. <laughs> sorry <laughs> um no no it's fine um, i'm Segway. glad we arrived to, at the same conclusion yeah. <laughs> um so my first recommendation was uh, yes address um some of the bio persona characteristics characteristics that i've observed and that are currently ignored so i don't think i've ever seen it specifically spelled out that classes are in english for example no i'm just looking at the home page and I think you're right. It's like I don't. I've looked at the website earlier, it's all about and like I don't efficiency. Yeah, like, exactly. It's it's listing those um, four key differentiators and so on, and explaining what they're doing. But I don't think I've seen them say our sessions are in English. It's kind of just implicit. The, the website itself is in English. No, but so, you can choose the German version. Oh, there as well. you go. 
Yeah, so like that's sort of an interesting. I would have thought that's yeah because like, I, I I also know know of friends for whom that's kind of the first that's question important. they ask, right? We have a lot of friends here who actually don't speak German, so for yeah. them it's really important. So I I would think that you would call this out as your one of your key selling points, really. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like just so that you turn up because people are going to search just from just thinking about this from a visibility perspective i'm certain people search english language sport classes sure. berlin yeah um and you want to turn up for that if yeah. you are kind of if you're one of the main offerers of these sort of classes yeah so yeah okay cool so yeah and then the second one yeah somehow you know cater to women or like at least have pictures that show lots of women or something like that so it's it's almost kind of this like messaging that there are lots of women in those classes and i'm i'm sh i think on the website they do have that but somehow the the fact that i didn't realize that it was mostly going to be women and that i was a little bit apprehensive um so shows to enough, me right? yeah exactly that um they could make it more obvious that this is actually Lots of women go to this. Yeah, it's not at all obvious. Again, I'm looking at the the homepage and like they've got this video on the homepage that's got sort of half women sweating on like in, yeah. in a class, but like it's it's not it's not obvious not enough for me. Yeah, um, yeah. What I also was going to call out as a sub point here, though, I think it is important to make to highlight the fact that lots of women go to it, and I guess think about how to attract more women, mm. but. It's also important to remember what your core product is, I guess, because I know Beat81 has started offering some other classes, for example, yoga. And I find that kind of a bit strange, to be honest. Yeah. Beat81 is all about high heart rates, like high Go intensity. Hard, kind of, like, yeah. And yeah. that is not what yoga is about. Not at all. So to me, it seems like. And I like I'm I'm sorry if I'm wrong, beat anyone. You can feel free to correct me. But it seems to me that it's you know someone was like, cool, we have lots of women. Women might also want more gentle exercises. Women like yoga. Well, let's do yoga sessions. And I feel like that's just kind of diluting the the message and the positioning that beat anyone has put out. So to me, I would leave that out. And I'm not sure how popular the yoga classes are. Maybe they are super popular and I'm proven wrong. <laughs> but that's just that's just my thinking. Yeah. Um, so that was the first point. I think, you know, address your actual buyer persona a little bit more. Mm -hmm. One that I think is possibly a, a very personal one to me. I feel like there need to be better descriptions of facilities. Yeah. I feel... That so Daniel talked about there being lots of different locations across the whole of Berlin, and often I want to find out. Okay, can I have a shower there? Can I go to the bathroom there? Is it possible, for example, for me to go there before work? My workplace doesn't have a shower, so I really need there to be a shower. Like I need this information, and at the moment it's not very easy to find out. Yeah, exactly, and it's an easy one to fix too. This is really just like someone needs to go through and say and mark. This has a change room. This has a shower. Yeah. This has a toilet. Done. Exactly. So that's all, that's, yeah. easy, easy win <laughs> easy, here, one. Yeah. Just, yeah, just a bit more rigorous, um, I don't know, approach to your website information, whatever. And I mean, think, and, and I think that the right way of thinking about it is exactly what you just said of like, what information do clients or customers need to know? What questions could they possibly have when they're coming to the website? Let's make sure we answer those. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then my last recommendation was going back to the whole community stuff. 
um, do more about the that community claim. Uh, so I am so on board with this one. I, I also <laughs> had the same recommendation. Yes. So at the moment, like, yes, you're going to a group workout. But I think that's pretty much where the community stops. Totally. There is there is nothing else, even though you're, you've got the hashtag what was it just beat it hashtag uh, fam 81 81. i checked out those hashtags on both instagram and twitter no one uses them yeah right just beat it is used by michael jackson fans i can't imagine Uh, yeah yeah. (laughs) fam 81 has got one post oh god um by beat 81 uk on instagram that's it i mean don't have this on the website then if it's not actually a thing exactly like don't yeah no make something of it or, you, or change it to whatever people do use like yeah. like go to where the traffic is or make the traffic happen just yeah, don't sure. like like don't just don't live in limbo make up a hashtag and then never actually do anything i know and i think people so we've met a lot of nice people through this and then you meet them and then you have to kind of like hope that they may also be at the next session yeah um and then you catch up with them again and you know I f- and I feel like there is an opportunity here to build some sort of maybe even chat function or like seeing seeing who else was in your workout that morning and then being like, cool, I liked, um, I don't know, Matilda. She seemed friendly. I'm going to like add her to my Beat 81 contacts and then maybe she can also reject you to get go get around the whole like stocky problem or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But some sort of platform chat function something something for people to actually interact for to actually build a community would be very valuable i feel like i mean it's valuable for users and it's also such a win for the business because like what's better than seeing hey matilda's going to the um, session tomorrow why not join her like this would be the biggest i think push that they could give to people to attend more sessions that i can imagine it's the commitment mechanism again it's so the, much the, the, the whatsapp group our friends started is basically replacing that function and i was going to say like there's no better product signal than users taking it into their own hands to build on functionality mm-hmm. that they want from your product that doesn't exist like if someone is hackily putting yeah. together um, something to to add onto your product for love of God build it yeah um, like <laughs> yeah. And, and 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 sort of take that in as really super clear feedback that there's yeah. a niche that needs filling this is the this is the least risky product hypothesis you could have because people already have created for themselves it exists it exists, already it exists just somewhere. in a bad form just that you you're not taking, taking advantage of exactly and I get that there are difficult aspects of it as you said there's sort of privacy concerns concerns about sort of stalky kind of behavior these sure, are solvable other, problems exactly other companies do this too. I know, it's, like the, the, it's 2020. This is a this is a solvable problem here. Yeah. And then for me, okay, so for me, my recommendations then, um, apart from the community one, which is my number one by mm-hmm, far, yeah, I would possibly reconsider whether the heart rate sensor should be such a focal point. <gasps> I know, um, and the tech in general. Well, so maybe there's two directions this advice could go. One is either reconsider whether it is such a focal point. Um, and yes, I realize that you'd have to change the name if you kind of retreated from that. Mm. Or the other direction you could go is, okay, if you're going to do the tech and the analytics, let's lean in and let's actually make it a thing. Like, I get you're still a startup, but you're now three and a bit years old. Mm-hmm. Like, It's time to start delivering on some of, the, some of the sort of promises that you've made to users and really leveling up here. You've got a good core function. Like the, the, the classes work. The classes are good. Now, 
if you say tech and analytics is a core core value or a core mm-hmm. kind differentiator. of differentiator, let's make good on that promise mm-hmm. um, or chuck it out. Either way is fine. Just yeah. like living in this kind of uh, half baked world is a bad is a bad place to yeah. be. And then lastly, I think lean into that convenience angle, beat eighty one. Really, I think one of the core differentiators, and you've sort of like, and and they've called it out on their website, efficiency. They said, mm-hmm. I think that really is true lean into that. Uh, we sort of talked about this last episode with Huel of one of the core values that people get from that product, we think, or I think at least, is mm-hmm. uh, how convenient it is, how quick yeah. it is, how brainless it is. Yep. Um, I think B Daddy Run really, really does provide that too. Um, so let's lean in. Let's make everything about efficiency and about removing friction from the customer experience. So that means better facilities so that people can really come Work out, shower, get to work, done. Mm-hmm. All over in an hour. Make your booking system easier because currently oh, that's... Please, uh, yes. Yeah, like currently that gets in the way of people uh, booking a workout rather than enabling it. Be able to track and plan your workout schedule. There's a bunch of stuff that I could I could think of off the top of my head here, but basically remove all of the heavy lifting, all of the thinking, all of the sort of effort required to for people to um, exercise to look and feel good, basically. Uh, and I think that will that will work in nicely with the business model since Beat 81 makes more money the more often people attend. So the more friction they remove, yeah. the more money they make. And so it's a nice virtuous cycle, basically. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, so that's all the that's all the recommendations we had, I think. But um, I really hope Beat 81, someone from Beat 81 reaches out, um, even yes. if it's only Aris, um, yes. to say he heard us and <laughs> yeah. high five. Yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear... Your considerations about this, um, we're a big fan. So. Yes, exactly. We, we, we say this because we love you. Yeah. Uh, so we'd love to hear your your counterpoints or come in to advise at some point if you'd like to bring us in uh, for a over, over a protein shake and talk. Yes. Um, but that's all. Otherwise, that's all we've got for this week. Uh, so thanks for tuning in. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. Ciao. Bye. Everybody shout, shout.